This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash gamezilla media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fan. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who I'm are you lo- talking I'm about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh. Oh, oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get early access to the GameZilla Alpha. Exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro. This is Craig WK, and with me is my buddy... The Glitch. Glitch. We're going to be talking about uh, one of both of our favorite games, all right? Because this is on your uh, list of favorites, right? Uh, This is actually my favorite game of all time. Favorite game of all time, man. I love that I'm throwing that in there at the beginning of the episode, so when I feel like an idiot and I miss something or say something (laughs) correctly, I'll be like, oh, Tony doesn't even know uh, anything about his favorite game. Hey, it's it's your favorite. It doesn't necessarily (laughs) mean it's the one you know the most about, because I would maybe argue that could be Contra. Uh, But, uh, yeah, when it... uh, uh, comes to games, I mean, Dragon Quest VII is definitely in my top ten favorite games of all time. It is certainly my favorite Dragon Quest game. Yeah, Dragon Quest VII is so good, and it's honestly kind of just another JRPG from Enix. It's another Dragon Quest game. They're all pretty similar because they've all followed sort of the same formula, uh, but uh, I do want to, of course, mention that Dragon Quest VII was released by Enix. Uh, or published by Enix, uh, on the PlayStation on October 31st, uh, which apparently I did not get the year. So uh, 2011, uh, 2001. 2001, yep. thank you. Thank you, The Glitch. Yep. Uh, JRPG stars a nameless protagonist uh, as the hero who must save the world by rescuing islands that have been sealed away by the Demon Lord. Yes, and the Demon Lord is uh, always in the Dragon Quest games. Yeah, seems. there's uh, a pretty much every Dragon Quest game has a Demon Lord. Uh, now uh, I think Dragon Quest One had Draco Lord, which was like the like this like guy who could turn into a dragon. Uh, but after that, yeah, every single game after that is a Demon Lord. Whether it's Malroth from Dragon Quest Two, uh, Dragon Quest Three had Zoma. You know, all of these games have all their own uh, uh, Demon Lords, and uh, you know they they make for, for pretty threatening enemies. They're they're the like the king of demons, essentially the king of devils in in the Dragon Quest world, and. Uh, uh, they're always, you know, ridiculously powerful, and you have to, like, you know, like practice and train and do everything you can or grind levels uh, to, uh, uh, you know, become powerful enough to defeat them. Uh, but yeah, so the game was originally re- released in Japan uh, the year before, mm-hmm. um, and it was translated over to the United States. It took uh, over a year, and apparently it was 70,000 pages of translation that they had to do. 
in order to port this game to the United States. There is a lot of dialogue in this game. There is a ton going on. The game is huge. Like, it takes so long to go through this game. It is crazy. Uh, it was originally supposed to be released on the N64 uh, disk drive. But because that wasn't being sold in the United States and uh, just cartridges were too small, because mm-hmm. this game ended up being on two discs yeah. before it to be released on the PlayStation, uh, they moved it over to the PlayStation. And I guess, actually, when they did that, PlayStation stock rose. Because in Japan, Dragon Quest is the most, I think it still is, but I might be wrong, the most popular RPG out there. Oh, absolutely. Japan eats up Dragon Quest games. It is the the game that defined JRPGs. In in fact, I think it is the very first JRPG. Mm-hmm. It is the 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 game that they they, you know, in the very first Dragon Quest, they uh, swiped ideas from like Ultima and like I think like uh, uh what was it? Wizardry or whatever. Uh you know, all these like, you know, like a uh, traditional role-playing games uh that were found in the West and they put a a essentially a Japanese spin on it and it just took off yeah you know it was insane I uh, there are like rumors and legends of like the fact that like laws have been passed to make it so Dragon Quest games can't <laughs> release on school won't get released on school days honestly I, I, I think that's been proven that it's uh, uh you know urban legend and stuff but honestly are you sure though? that's the thing <laughs> is though is like even if no real law was placed maybe enix did decide like hey maybe this isn't great to be releasing on school days you know so like it's always released on uh days that you know like uh like weekends and stuff where people would have it off and because yeah, i believe it was the third one the third was so popular that people would just call in sick oh absolutely like people just wouldn't go to work wouldn't go to school the next day because the new dragon quest is coming out we have to get the game Man, it, it, I mean, the Dragon Quest series, I like. I've uh, really dug since Dragon Quest Seven. It was the first Dragon Quest game that I had ever played. Uh, but I do want to talk about the gameplay a bit because for for our listeners that aren't as familiar, uh, you know, because we're talking like this is old hat, and it kind of is. But if you're not familiar with Dragon Quest, then you know you're not going to know what's going on. It's a Japanese RPG, which basically means you walk around. You get into battles, turns into turn-based combat mode where you take turns, you choose your attacks, and uh, I mean that's that's what it essentially boils down to is like you see the enemy on the screen, you choose your action, whether it's to hit it with a sword, whether it's to cast a magic spell, it's set into a fantasy world. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the last turn-based games I want to say in the Dragon Warriors Dragon Quest series. I mean, they're all except for the MMO they're all technically turn based it's just that uh this was the last game before I'm sorry not not turn based random encounter yeah 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 that's what this game has it has random encounter which is something that kind of has died throughout the years and you don't see in many RPGs at all not many uh nowadays it's all like you can see the enemies on screen and honestly like i i don't really have a problem with that i feel like in dragon quest 7 like in the 3DS remake which we'll we'll mention here and there throughout the the mm-hmm. show i uh, I feel like there there are times when I think like oh man like you know seeing the enemies is so much better but like when you play the remake it's like oh, this isn't exactly the same. The thing I love about the random encounters though is that it kind of helps you level up without really forcing your hand mm-hmm. because I feel like when you play a game like Super Mario RPG or yeah. anything where you see the enemy it's almost like you have to force yourself to go interact with it because you're like well maybe I do need to level up before you know yeah. I reach the final boss whereas these ones with the random encounters, it's almost like, 
oh, I already did it. I don't need to look for enemies at all. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just you wandering around is getting into the battles. And, and I get the, the frustration of random battles because it's like, I just want to get to town. Like, I just want to get to town. Why can't I just do that? Here I am fighting these slimes and, and drackies and, you know, all these other stupid enemies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I, I you know, I kind of get that. It, it, was, it was the last uh, game in the main series to be released by Enix before the merger. Am I correct? Because uh, 8 was Square Enix. Yeah, I believe so, yes. I believe 8 was Square Enix. And, in fact, I think it might have been one of their first games as Square, uh, as Square Enix. As Dragon, yeah. Dragon Quest 8. And as Dragon Quest. So if Dragon Quest, for those of you who are more retro, uh, doesn't sound familiar to you, Dragon Warrior is what it was called uh, in the United States uh, because there was a board game called Dragon Quest and mm-hmm. they couldn't get the licensing to call it Dragon Quest in the United States, so they just changed it to Dragon Warrior. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, uh, essentially like a, a tabletop role-playing game. And, uh, yeah, they, they couldn't you know name it that in uh, America. And I've heard that they also chose, like, Dragon Warrior because it sounds more heroic. And they could yeah. put, like, beefier dudes on, like, you know, <laughs> the promotional art and stuff, which is a little weird, but that's okay. Which is completely opposite to this game because this game you're playing is teenagers pretty much, pretty much yeah. yeah you're playing like kids just normal skinny kid yeah you you're you're a nameless hero which we'll just refer to as hero throughout the game or throughout the show i should say about this game uh but uh yeah you uh uh you uh you and your best friend Kiefer, this prince who lives on this island it that is the world it's just this tiny island it's fishbell this little tiny fishing village uh the castle town and that's it. And there's just like mountain ranges on your island and like, you know, like wilderness and uh, some ancient ruins. But like, that's it. And like everyone like tells you like they're like, ah, hero, don't be silly. There's mm-hmm. there's no such thing as any other land. And like you're like the game has a lot of depth because there's tons of people you can immediately talk to in this tiny little area. And there's this old man who's like, no, 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 no hero. He's like, you know, you're on to something there. There's le- like all these legends and stuff. So your neighborhood friend, the the daughter of like the mayor in your fishing village, uh, Maribel, I uh, who I really, really like when I first started <laughs> playing this game, I was like, man, she is so annoying. She is so much attitude she's so much sass she is so salty about everything and i i I love her by the end of the game i just adore her yeah i mean she comes off very spoiled from the beginning but Mm -hmm. i same thing with me i i ended up using her uh throughout the entire game because there's a point where you do gain more characters and you can kind of swap in and out who you want Mm -hmm. but there's a point where you can either decide to keep maribel in your party or leave her well, I kept her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was. She was a lot, a lot of fun to be with. Her interactions were great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she also. There is a point in the game where she does leave for a while, though. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, she leaves for a bit, and then you can get her back. Yep. I. Uh, but I. Uh, but yeah. So the. I. Uh, so you and your best friend and Maribel, who tags along and she gets mad at you because you didn't include her, mm-hmm. uh, go to these ancient ruins. And the first like couple hours oh, of this it is game, long. There's no Very. battles. You go to these ancient ruins and you solve puzzles. puzzles yep. That's it. Like, it's insane. For like four hours. When I first bought this game, I like w- when I first bought this game, I I had only heard rumors of the Dragon Quest series or Dragon Warrior as I you know w- would you know would have known it then, and I I bought it on a whim. I bought it like with Christmas money and like I I think I honestly was looking for Legend of Mana and they didn't <laughs> have it and I was just like all right whatever I'll try this game. And, like, I'm playing it, and I was like, I wanted to know what was happening, what was going on with these ruins, and, you know, like, the the plot had intrigued me enough. But, like, honestly, I was just like, 
is this a really an RPG? There's no <laughs> battles. What's going on? It's just a puzzler game. I go, it's tricked. I, this is horrible. I've been hoodwinked, bamboozled. And so, like, I, I go through this, and, like, you, you open up this, like, portal, and you go through it. And then you find yourself on a different island. And there's monsters here, and it's scary and dark and, like, depressing. And uh, I believe the first mini-adventure is you finding out that, like, this hero has, like, died, but she's, like, like because uh, she's, like, a, actually, like, a ghost or a skeleton. She's, like, actually undead, right? So, uh, yeah, someone had died in the town. I know you go to their gravesite. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so they need your help, and then... You you save the day and then yeah and then so after that you make it back to uh, back to the so what happens is um, in this temple you're gathering these things called uh, shards, shards or tablet shards, shards right yeah. yeah shards and uh, in this one room is called the pedestal room there's a bunch of these uh, pedestals mm-hmm. and you put the shards onto the pedestal and the first two that you collect it you know fixes a whole slate and it sends you into this world mm-hmm. and uh, when you return. Um, you go back to your village. It's just like you said, the small village. It's just the, the two small towns and the ruins. And your father, who is a fisherman, uh, comes back from his voyage. Yeah. And uh, he's like, hey, they uh, they just discovered an island. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what's this island all about? So you and your friends, you go off, you find a ship, you investigate this new island. Lo and behold, to be the island you just came from. But in the future, in the future, you you, fi- you start finding out that you're going into the past and and you know fixing things in the past. And then it, what's crazy though is you fix it in the past. You come to the present. You fix th- problems that have now arisen in the <laughs> present. So you're you're dealing with all these different like like plot hooks and and like all these different problems that are going on in this world. And it's insane. Like the amount of stuff you have to do in Dragon Quest Seven is just it's belligerent. Like it's just such a long game. There's so much to it, and uh, when you first mm-hmm. beat this game, uh-huh. how long was your playthrough? My first playthrough was 137 hours, and I did no bonus content. I did 137 hours, made it through the game, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's it! Like I've done. I've, I've finished. I'm so glad I beat it." But man, I I can't keep going. Uh, what about you? What was your final? I was a lot more greedy. I did a lot of bonus content. Uh huh. And the first time I beat the game, it was uh, 230 hours. <laughs> yeah, all that bonus content will do it. And that's what I was scared of because I knew it would add another like 50 to 100 hours onto my playtime. And what's easily. sad is there's still probably another 100,000 I didn't do. Or 100, 100, 100 hours. 100 hours, I yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. There's so much to this game. Now, uh, before we delve into all the bonus stuff, which is just crazy, you know, but I. Uh, I uh, so. Throughout the, the, the adventuring in this game, you know, for the first couple of islands, you are just you. You're you're the hero, but, like, you don't know you're a hero. You just, you know, you're just slogging along, fighting, you know, pretty mundane stuff. And then you find the, uh, what is it, Dharma Temple? Yeah. Dharma Temple. Dharma Temple, where you learn the classes. Yep, and that unlocks all the classes. Now, the amount of classes is insane. There's so many. You have... 
bard, cleric, dancer, fighter, jester, mage, mariner, shepherd, thief, warrior, dragoon, paladin, pirate, ranger, sage, tamer, teen idol, god hand, summoner, hero. And a lot of those classes you have to like combine. So like you'll combine like the uh, uh, the warrior and the cleric, and that unlocks the paladin. Yeah, you know. And top it off, there's also 34 monster classes. Oh, the monster classes are so involved too. Oh god, they're insane. And there's one I think it's Plat King, which is uh, it raises your defense. Uh, oh, ridiculous. it's belligerent. Um, but in order to do it, I believe you have to finish something like 15 classes to unlock it. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, and those and those are just the monster classes that you're doing just to get the Plat mm-hmm. King, and that's not even counting all the hero or the stuff to get the hero class because you have to uh, to get the hero unlocked. Uh, well, to unlock the uh, the summoner, uh, otherwise known as the druid in the 3DS version, the newer one, you had to unlock the sage and the uh, shoot. I think it was the sage and the. Uh, Tamer class. Oh, and Teen Idol. Sage, Tamer, and team, Teen Idol. The God Hand was, un, uh, uh, I think, undone by the Dragoon and the Paladin. And the, uh, uh, which the God Hand, I think, is uh, known as, like, the champion in the 3DS version okay. or something. And the Hero is unlocked by, I think, like, three of the intermediate jobs or whatever. Yep, so once you do three of them, it you unlocks, can unlock yeah, that. the Hero. And what's nice about the classes in this game is you keep all of the stuff you learn. Yeah, so the 3DS version nerfed this. So the 3DS version, you can only have one like intermediate job or one advanced job at a time. It doesn't let you stack them and like you can't keep all those abilities. The PlayStation version, oh, you can min-max like nobody's business. Yeah. And by the end of the game, my hero knew every standard job class <laughs> and was learning monster classes. And uh, when I beat the game, I think I made uh, hero the hero. And then I made like uh, two characters, God Hands, and then I think it was Maribel was a uh, summoner, summoner, the druid. Yeah, I yeah. did the same thing with her. Yeah. Um, and I was going through the monster classes uh, as well with them. Um, and I finished most of I was actually uh, with Gabo, which is one of the characters you gained throughout yeah. the series. Yeah. Um, we actually, we, we can talk about Gabo a little bit. Gabo, um, you find uh, on one of the islands in the past, mm-hmm. um, and he is locked up in a shed. Oh, it's super depressing when you first see him. And it's I a was small honestly, boy. Yeah. I was mad. Like when I was playing the game and I saw this like little boy chained up in this like shed or whatever, I was like, oh no. I was like, I'm not having this. And he, and he won't speak. Mm-hmm. And then so you uh, go through a series of events, you unlock him, and he doesn't talk to you, he barks at you. Well, you find out that he's a, a, a wolf that's been turned into a human. Mm hmm. And uh, unfortunately, he is unable to turn back, but he does learn how to speak and interact, and mm-hmm. he joins your party. Yep, he's known as Rough in the uh, 3DS oh, which, version. Which is, oh, it bothers me so much. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> Why change the name of the character? And I guess uh, in the 3DS version, because they did change a lot of things like yeah. that in the classes. Uh, the but, names of the classes. But when you do yet. unlock Dharma, I believe you can change the names of your of your uh, playable character, so a lot oh. of people, yeah. So I guess on a lot of playthroughs of people who play 3DS, they'll go and they change Ruff's name to Gabo, just <laughs> so it's more pleasing. But uh, um, another character you unlock later, uh, Melvin. Yeah, he is known as Mervin, or uh, yeah, yeah, Mervin, Mervin in the uh, 3DS. Oh yeah, he is, isn't he? Because he I, he was known as Melvin 
in the original Sir Melvin, uh, which he's a really inter- interesting character because throughout the game, you start hearing that there was this legendary hero who fought alongside God and God fell in battle to the demon lord. They defeated each other is the, the legend. But uh, Melvin is this like ancient knight who God sealed away before the final battle in case the demon lord ever came back. And you get that legendary hero and he's this old, old <laughs> man and he was totally in my team because I loved him and uh, yeah, he, he's great. He's just this like, you know, like doddering old dude. And uh, and he also knows everything from the hero class because he was a hero that fought beside God. Yeah. So he already knows everything in the hero class, so you don't have to unlock that for him because he's already got it all. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I uh, I really liked Melvin. I thought he was really cool. And then uh, there's another really big subplot to this game. And there's there's going to be some spoilers, as I'm sure you've sort of caught on uh, as we've talking about all the characters. But Ira joins you. But what's interesting about Ira joining you is she's from this tribe called the Deja, and they're these like warrior dancer, you know, warrior dancers basically. And uh, earlier in the game, you and Maribel and Kiefer come to this uh, uh, like wandering like uh, uh, this, this wandering tribe, and they're like they have to like get across this like uh, land or what is it? They have to get across this like a uh, 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 body of land or whatever in order to. Uh, complete like this ritual and continue on their travels and so they're stuck and you help them in this one of these quests and Kiefer falls in love with this like the 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 girl who's like the uh, what is it she's She's like the daughter of the the leader of the tribe yeah yeah so Kiefer falls in love with her and Kiefer like comes to you and he's like what am I gonna do I love her like I, I don't know what to do and it's presumed that the hero talks him up because you know you're a silent protagonist and Kiefer makes the decision to stay in the past he gives you a note, and he's like, give this to my dad, the king, back in our time. I'm going to stay here. Like, I'm sorry that this is where I belong. And you have to, you have the heavy responsibility of going back from the past and finding the king who doesn't know that you've been doing all this and, like, saving people and going through time and have to give him a note that says, like, you know, basically Kiefer ran away from home. He's fallen in love and had eloped, essentially. Like, him, uh, he had a sister in the castle, and it's just super depressing. Yeah. Like, having to give the all this news. The king is distraught when you bring oh, him this so note. distraught. It's so heavy. You feel so bad for this guy. And like, and I mean, the king was a little overbearing throughout the game, and he's always like, "Ah, you know, I don't want you going out. I don't want you going exploring those ruins. It's dangerous." But it's born of kindness, yes, you know. And so, you you eventually find Ira in the the present, and she's a part of this tribe, and sh- you find out she's a descendant of Kiefer. She's essentially like the the uh, granddaughter, great granddaughter, or whatever of your friend, and she joins you. And eventually, she uh, uh, wants to join the like the ta- like the guard for uh, the the castle from your own uh, island. And the king like develops a connection with her, and it's great because it's technically his like great 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 grandchild. Yeah, uh, and there's a there's a lot of and it's it, there's a lot of back and forth with this game. There's some areas where when you come to the present time, things aren't correct, and you have mm-hmm. to go back to the past. Oh yeah, to fix it again. It's 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 just ridiculous how much stuff you have to do in this game, <laughs> and like the finding the shards. Yes, that was such a nightmare. Now I did I did uh, I did play this game 
on my playthrough with a manual with I, uh, with a with a with a um, prima guide or whatever yeah, it was the prima guide i i will say i did use the prima guide and i typically only used it for finding those dang shards uh, and there was one i missed and i could not find it and i tried my best not to look in this book but i had to that time yeah and because without it, you can't you can't uh, go on with the game. Oh yeah, it's insane. And you can't just go back and search everything the 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 fifty hours you've already put into this, or however long you've already put into it, and research every treasure and every dungeon, and you I know mean, you talk can. to every single person <laughs> to find out this stuff. But yeah, it t- it put, basically makes a stronghold where you can't go further if you don't have all these shards yeah it's really an interesting aspect because like in the 3ds version they got around it by being a little bit more liberal with like clues for how to find them and stuff there's a um there's an item you get that like beeps when it's when it's uh in a room or in a yeah there's yeah there's a lot that lets you like gives you the heads up about this which i mean good on them they they made it more accessible but like I mean, for the for 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 my preference, and like I I'm really into the the original style where it's like, hey, did you miss it? Well, <laughs> have fun looking around yeah. everywhere, because if you miss one, like they they're in dungeons, they're given to you by townspeople. There are random quests that unlock them. There's like they're found in like ra- random cupboards and like people's houses and stuff. They're just you have to search everywhere and talk to everybody and look ev- like just at every little tiny minuta of this game in order to find everything and continue on. And that's just continuing on in the main game. <laughs> it's crazy. I oh man. So I I, I do want to say the the first time I did come mm-hmm. across this game, um, I was familiar. We did we did have Dragon Warrior growing up for the nes oh nice uh, my brother played it a lot uh and then we had the second one which no one really touched but i remember it was years later mm-hmm. uh i had completely forgotten about the whole dragon warrior dragon quest series yeah i was at the local rental store uh value video was value the one that video. i went to okay. uh, in, in westland and i remember looking over and being like dragon warrior 7 wasn't a they still make those games? Like, I don't know. It just uh-huh. wasn't in my realm at all. And I thought, well, I'll pick it up and I'll play it. And I would say that I probably played that game through the night for two days straight to get as far as possible as I could. Mm-hmm. I saved it onto my Mega Memory card. Oh, no. Yes. Not the Mega Memory card. Oh, yes, Craig. For those uninitiated, the Mega Memory card was a PlayStation memory card that like had, had little buttons and you could like select a multitude of cards. It apparently had like 50 memory cards on it or some nonsense like that. But it was a very fickle product. Oh, it was very faulty. And what would happen is it would just randomly decide, oh, this uh, memory card you have here, we're going to format it? and delete everything you just saved so i had 70 hours into the game and it deleted itself then i put another 50 to get back to where i was Mm -hmm. and set it down and didn't play it for like four or five years and then the day i decided i wanted to play it again i just restarted so at this time i already had 130 or so hours into this game And then on top of that, I put the 230. <laughs> wow, cripes. I, I will say, I uh, it took me a very long time to beat this game. And not just the 137 hours that I, I've you know referenced earlier. I mean, like, I would play for, for maybe get through a few islands, and then I would just be like, oh, my God, this game is so long. And I would set it down, 
for sometimes up to like a year. And I'd pick it back up and I'd be like, oh, what was I doing? And I'd have to, like, I didn't want to start over because I'd logged so much time in. So I'd just wander around, talk to people, fight battles. And it got to the point where, like, I had mastered just about all the job classes, not much further than Dharma Temple because it was just a lot of me wandering around figuring out what I would do. So, like, I flew through a good portion of this game. Because of the fact that, like, I would just be like, oh, uh, uh, it's time to fight enemies? All right, well, I'm going to use, like, Tsunami or whatever it is, the pirate ability. It hits everybody on the screen for big damage because, I mean, it doesn't cost me magic. I might as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's something very satisfying about when you upgrade your – when you get your classes done because, you know, it does these, like, points where you're halfway through it and it'll tell you, mm-hmm. like, every time you level up and it gives you, like, a, like a name for the class. And then uh, in the monster classes, which I forgot to mention – if you master that monster class, you turn into that monster on the on the overworld. Oh, so if that's you, right. So if you uh, learned healer, when you uh, got to the overworld map, you would be a little healer running around with your crew. A little heal slime. Yep. That's that's adorable. I uh, I had forgotten all about that. I I uh, now now here's a question for you. I uh, now obviously you you ended up mastering many classes or uh, in the game or whatever. But like when you first saw the lineup of job classes, what did you give the hero first? Um, I think I went paladin. Did you? Do you do you know what I purposely gave my hero, even though I knew it wouldn't be as good as things like paladin? What'd you do? I made him a mariner, and then I made him a pirate because his dad <laughs> is a fisherman and he's from a fishing village. And I was like, oh, he's gotta be. You're not Why wouldn't that. he be? I uh, I purposely went out of my way to make sure that that's what he was first. But I would stagger it too. So like I would do. And what's funny, you say that mm-hmm. I did uh, Gabo as a shepherd. Oh, you know, I did do that, too. I made sure. Yeah, that's where I started him, because I just figured he had that connection. Yeah, absolutely. I was just like, oh, yeah, Shepard. That sounds kind of fun. Now, who was your favorite lineup? Like, I know there's a lot of points where you have some members in your team and some leave. Mm -hmm. You get new ones. Uh, Who was your favorite lineup of people? Because... I mean, go ahead. Yeah, so by the end of the game, and I really liked Kiefer. It, I was really sad when your best friend leaves you. That was super depressing, which we'll touch on that a little bit towards the end of this episode, too. But I uh, I had, of course, Hero, uh, Maribel, Gabo, and I had uh, uh, Melvin. Yes. So that's essentially the lineup. Melvin, I just felt like, was so awesome. He was really cool. As soon cool. as he joined your crew, he's already kind of more powered up. Yeah. Uh, Gabba was just fun to be around. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, so Maribel and, and the hero were the, were the two that... Uh, yep. I, uh, I I really liked Ira. Like, I, there was a part of me that was like, man, I really want to... Like, she's like Kiefer's descendant. I really should get her in the party. But, like, by that time, I had mastered everybody else's jobs. And I was just like, I can't. I can't spend this much time doing this i was like there's no way and so uh, i i ira unfortunately had to sit out but i the yeah i, I kind of gave uh ira the cold shoulder as well i mean she I, starts a little later odd because a lot of people said they loved when ira ira joined the party but yeah it was the same thing i already had this connection with maribel which you said you know you just loved her mm-hmm. attitude and everything like that but yeah i was the same way like maribel i just kept her in the party because i, I don't know just it seemed almost like little too little too late. Yeah, that was the way I viewed it. And and I, I think like if I had all the time in the world and I wasn't just like, oh, my God, I got to get through this game. So, so far, it's not been worth it. I sure hope the ending makes it worth it. Uh, but I yeah, at that stage, I was just like, I got to get through this game. Oh, this game's so great. I, I really, really like the game. This game and, it's, it's I, got, I have my shirt off right now. Like, 
<laughs> John, Craig, look at, look at these nipples right now. Uh, I don't want to. I'm going to keep looking look, forward. Look at the nipples. Nope, I won't do it. Right. Uh, so so look, I, I want to talk a little bit about the plot and the ending a bit. Uh, because the ending to me was just, I mean, it just like got me right here in the heart. Oh, the it shriveled as dark as my heart is. It totally did. But uh, so you go through the game and you're unsealing all these islands. And everywhere you go, this game is so depressing. Like, they're all the subplots to this game are just so sad. Like, the, the town you go to and everyone's frozen in time, and then when you unseal them, they had died inside their, their like, petrification, and so just this entire town's dead. Yeah. And, like, this person that you helped save their, their village is an old man because he was a kid when it first was sealed away. It's just like, oh, nope, everybody's dead. Sorry, old man, everyone's still dead. Is that Are you talking about the Sim character, the guy who uh, is like, please create this new village, tell people to come here? Because there is a section in the game where you go to this island that you had saved in the past, yeah, and everyone's just gone, and there's just an old man standing there, and he's like, "Yeah, nothing's here. Um, if you can go around, tell people that there's this island here. We want to, you know, repopulate the the area." I, you know, it might have been the same, but I feel like it's a different uh, uh, story because I think that was one that was done in the past, but I don't remember very well. It, going it's, through Dragon Quest Seven was it was quite a while ago. It's it's depressing nonetheless. There are a lot yes. of areas where you will go and you will find out that nothing you did in the past was was <laughs> essentially enough. helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it's so sad. The, uh, the Dragon Quest series as a whole has a very depressing undertone, but I feel like Dragon Quest Seven was just like depression central. There's just so many sad things that happen in this game. But so you go through this game and you're unsealing all these islands and and you know, like, you know, bringing them back to the present, fixing them for better, you know, uh for better or worse and uh uh, you start finding out that Orgo Demir, the demon lord who fought against God, apparently God lost. And the and the reason all these islands are sealed away is because Orgo Demir has done that. And you start catching his attention. And finally, you defeat Orgo Demir. And it's like, oh, great, the game's over. And you're like, yeah, this is great. I, I beat the game. This is amazing. Nope. And and you, you're like talking and, and like god comes back and it's like god's like yeah you know everything's gonna be okay i'm gonna make sure everything's all right and it's like wow i unsealed god what th- th- things couldn't be better everyone starts going their separate ways and everything's fine and then you find out that that's not god oh no that is orko demir and he's been tricking everybody and he reseals everything away and what's so intense about this moment too when it's happening is that you realize you're still on disc one Yep. And at the, when this happens and God is released and then he starts, he, well, wait, this isn't God. It's like insert disc two. And you're like, oh, no. Yup. Oh, no. And you have to go through all the same crap like over again pretty much. <laughs> you start going through all this stuff, unsealing all these lands. You get the four spirits of the elements <laughs> to, to help you out. And I... Uh, finally, you confront Orgo Demir, who's like, listen, you like you. I, I, God couldn't defeat me. Like, what makes you think you can? And you finally surpass Orgo Demir, who's just like completely flabbergasted over the fact that you can defeat him. Let's talk about his, uh, his appearance, by the way. Oh, he looks really weird. I love his first form. His first form is like him with like an em over. It's like him with like white hair. He has like green flesh, right, with like uh, pointy ears, and he has like three eyes. Yeah, so he he almost looks uh, emo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He has a kind of the emo over look yeah. and stuff, like the long hair that kind of goes over his face. 
yeah, too cool. He's like, who do you think you are coming into my place? <laughs> yeah. And then, so you fight him, and he goes through uh, four forms, I believe. Is it three or four? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like uh, he turns into this like crazy looking like serpent, like this like with an exposed brain, and like it's like spikes all over. And then I think after you defeat that form, he like starts melting yeah. in on himself. He basically become, turns into a blob. Yeah, like this weird skeletal form of him from the inside. Yeah, it's just really gross looking, and uh, I. I mean, you know, kudos to to Dragon Quest for having like some of the best final boss names ever. You know, you have Malroth, you have uh, uh, Zoma, Nimzo, and Orgodemir. You know, like there's <laughs> just like such cool names. Orgodemir finally gets defeated, and so I don't know about you, Glitch, but like when I first was playing through this game, I just thought to myself, like, oh, this is it. Like I defeated Orgo Demir, and now I'm gonna go on like a quest with these like, these pirates or whatever, and like go or or go uh, with my dad on like this fishing trip or whatever it is. I'm now man enough now that I saved the world and <laughs> surpassed God to defeat the demon lord. I can go fishing with Pops, who's kept me off his boat all this yeah, time. Yeah, the beginning of the game, it's so funny because there's this festival that they have, um, and you're not. Your dad is like, oh, you try to get on the ship. He's like, no, 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 you're not old enough. You're not mature enough. Uh-huh. Um, I had the name of it right here. The uh, Amit Festival, which is named after the mayor, I believe. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Um, and so uh, they have this festival, and then they all go away on sea, and they get the big – You get their, uh, they get their fish, and they bring it back. But here at the end of the game, you defeated the – you know, you defeat the demon lord you come to the town mm-hmm. your dad's like yes join me on this quest we're gonna go fishing yep let's do this as a family and he you join them and then so at this stage of the game i'm thinking like oh my lord this is the oh my demon lord this has not been worth it like this <laughs> is what i did it for it was a fishing trip and i was so mad and i was just like in a huff just sitting there like oh well finally it's over and then they find a bottle and so they, is it a bottle they find, right? I think it's a bottle, yeah. Yeah, they, they find a bottle, and you, you pull out, out out of the water, or it's in, like, the, 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 the net with, like, the fish or whatever it is. It's a tablet, I believe that's in, or some form of, form of tablet. Oh, you know what? I think it is a tablet. I think you're right. It's not a, a note in a bottle. I think it's a tablet. And you you open it up, and you look at it, and it's a note from Kiefer from the past. And he talks about how you were his best friend and how you were always there for him and how he had a happy life because you were willing to continue on this journey without him. And like, you know, he got to like, you know, live the life he wanted with his wife and have kids and like, you know, like, like live with this tribe that made him happy. And it's because of you, because you're his best friend. And you, I just sat back and around that time in my life, my best friend at the time, uh, my buddy Andy was like moved out to California and stuff. And so it just like hit me right in the (laughs) gut. And I was just like, Oh my Lord. I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. This might be one of the best endings to a video game I have ever seen. Oh, it's so great. And with uh, my first playthrough, my wife, Danielle had actually sat and watched me play all 230 hours because that was the point when i realized wow that is commitment i kind of wanted to replay this game and she was like i was like you know it's so great i never finished it though she goes oh well i'll watch you play and she got really into the story so she never wanted me to play without her sitting there watching Mm -hmm. so this thing with Kiefer that happens when he leaves and goes join the daisha tribe yeah happens pretty early into the game i want to say it's only like the third or fourth area you go to it's pretty early yeah it's pretty and fast you end up going to like, like 20 places i believe total it, it's a lot because there's 
five pedestals. Yeah, there's uh, 18 or 20 places you end up going to. And then you have to just go to them in twice. The disc, in the, just in the first disc. So um, you kind of almost forget at this point Kiefer is even part of the storyline because you've done so much without him. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like Danielle kept saying to me when I was playing this game, she goes, you know the ending's not going to be what you want. She goes, you know it's not going to live up to what you expect <laughs> in this ending. And so I'm sitting there and this scene happens and he pulls up the tablet and you read the message. And I turned to Danielle and she goes, was it what you expected? And I go, yeah. <laughs> it is so heart wrenching. And, and it's honestly, I feel like it's it's sort of the the sort of the ultimate romance of like like the the like uh, the friendship between, you know, like boys, like, you know, when you're yeah. a kid and stuff. It just like it, it just it's so touching. And I honestly like up until that moment, I just thought. I, there, there's nothing. There's nothing that can happen that's going to make me think that I didn't waste 137 hours. And at th- that point, I thought I'd have doubled it. I'd have doubled my time yeah. to get that ending. And uh, man, it is. It's so good. It's such a touching game. I love it so much. And in that moment, it became one of my favorite games of all time. In that ending, but there is bonus content in this game yeah there's uh two more dungeons actually so yeah throughout the level you'll you'll gather these things called fire shards land shards wind shards and water shards. water shards um so it's the four rooms um and then there's also these things you collect called question shards and you don't really know what to do with them mm-hmm. but after you uh defeat the after you finish the ending credits there's more gameplay you can go through and you can finish all your classes yeah there's also a um kind of like uh dragon quest uh, monsters. There's a monster village that you can go and populate by collecting by going when when you go to defeat enemies. They'll be like they'll be like oh they're still interested and you'll be mm-hmm. like oh we'll send them to this animal farm. <coughs> um, so you can do that and then there's these two dungeons which you use the question shards to get into. Which uh, in one of the shards you end up fighting God. Yeah, you get to uh, see if you're tougher than God. Which go figure, he's tougher than Orgo Demir, which I don't quite understand because Orgo Demir defeated him. Or God just let himself lose and he's a bad God. But <laughs> I don't want to have to think about that. Uh, but yeah, you you get to, uh, and I think it's like if you, what is it? If you defeat him in under 20 turns. 20 turns. Like, what is it happens after that? You get, uh, so the first dungeon is the battle with God. Mm-hmm. And then you get uh, two more question shards from him. That's you right. Him, I think it's under 10 actually as well. There's one you get under 20, one under 10. And then you use those shards to get into the last dungeon which you fight the four spirits is that the oh yeah i think that's right that sounds right so and then yeah so i mean there's so much more to do after the game after you yeah. finish it yeah it's insane like how much is like there is going on in this game and uh i feel like dragon quest games have have done a really good job of of that end game content stuff uh probably since Oh man, what would have been probably like Dragon Quest like five or six or something like that. I I know in all the remakes they added in bonus dungeons and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, like I mean it's just they they do such a great job. Love it so much, but I uh, I think it's about time to talk about the music. You know there there was oh there, yeah there was one more thing uh, there Craig I wanted to talk to you about oh yeah um what does puff puff mean to you <clears throat> I. I don't know if uh, um, we're allowed to talk about it on can, this I show. I mean, so, so in the Dragon Quest series, there's a thing called Puff Puff, and that actually wasn't brought over to the United States until this game. This is the first reference in the United States. Uh, it is. 
of uh-huh. Puff Puff. Uh-huh. They, they glossed over it in the uh, previous editions there, uh, which is Dragon Quest 1 through 4 we got on Nintendo. We didn't get any yes. of the Super Nintendo ones in America. Yeah, we did not get 5 or 6. Nope. But in this game, there's an area where there's a casino. Uh-huh. Yep. And in this casino, you can get an ID card from one of the kings at Coastal, and you go to this girl on the balcony, and she goes, oh, you're a member. Would you like me to puff puff you? And the screen goes black. Uh-huh. And then there's a whoop, whoop noise. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, there, now you are lucky, and you actually do better at the casino. Does it really give you luck at the casino? It does. Well, I'll be danged. I didn't know that. I... Uh, so, hmm, how can I get around this? Puff Puff is the the dream of adolescent boys, maybe not everywhere, but in lots of places. But they do talk about it in 8 as well. Yes, in 8 it's actually, uh, there's a part where they show it, and you find that it's two slimes that she's holding, and she's like slapping them up against uh, the uh, uh, hero's face or whatever, because he's wearing a blindfold. You know that still sounds dirty, the way you just said that, right? Yeah, well, you know what? There's no two ways around it. That's just Puff Puff for you. But it's, that's Puff Puff. Puff Puff is, yeah, and it's a staple in the games, believe it or not. But, yeah, there was a, this was the first time they brought it to the United States because they knew kind of what it was about, and there was censorship for it. So here, Here's a, a good way we can uh, direct our fans to to maybe you know piece it together. Uh, so the, uh, the, crea- the, the, the main guy, the main director usually is Yuji Hori, who makes these games. Uh, the music we'll get to in a moment, but the art director, uh, the guy who does all the art for all the monsters and characters, is Akira Toriyama. If you're familiar with Akira Toriyama's work, it is uh, he is the creator of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, uh, the new Dragon Ball Super series, uh, Dr. Slump. Uh, if you picture what Master Roshi is into... That's that's pretty much what Pop Pop is, <laughs> and uh, that's I think that's where we'll uh, uh, leave off at that. So the music, Craig. The music, yeah, yes. the music. Uh, so the music is composed by the legendary Koichi Sugiyama, who we've talked to many uh, talked about many times on uh, uh, this show. He's uh, a kind of an odd guy in real life, but uh, well, outside of his games, I should say, because this is technically real life. But uh, uh, his music is phenomenal, and I. Uh, there, there's a few songs in particular I think that uh, uh, we should chat about, and uh, the first one I think is uh, the song that you'll hear the most in this game, and that is Fighting Spirit, the song of the random battle. So let's go ahead and give that a listen.
honestly, I think one of the reasons why I was able to play this game so much and, and grind out my job classes so so well and so quickly is because the battle music is great. It is solid. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, it really. It's not one of those things where you hear it over and over and over and over, and it bothers you because it's so repetitive. Mm-hmm. This one's a little bit more lengthy, and I just feel like it. It it definitely keeps you out of the mind of like hearing the music and just being more into the battle itself. Yeah, yeah. There's there's plenty of battle music themes out there where they're a little repetitive, and it's like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, whatever. Heard this a million times, but in this case, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's uh it's real nice. I. Uh, but uh, what's uh, another song that you uh, wanted so to touch base Overture, on? the uh, Overture, that's actually, I mean, the song has been used throughout the entire uh, Dragon Quest series. Since and number one? I mean, it's, 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 it's what, you th- what you hear when you think of it. Uh, the slime became the icon for Dragon Warrior sometime around the fourth game. But this song, I feel like, is more Dragon Quest, Dragon Warrior than anything you could think of. I, I think when you're you right. When you hear this, it's just, and for me, especially because... Of how much time and effort I put into this game, uh-huh. it's just—it's emotional for me almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and give the overture a listen. This is the the sort of the main theme of Dragon Quest. It's so good. Yeah, I it's mean, my my pants are off right now. I mean, Craig, Craig <laughs> put them on. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Glitch, put those on. Sorry. Uh, so uh, one of the my favorite songs in this game uh, is uh, a song called "Memories of a Lost World." It is the theme of the overworld theme when you're in the past, and it's kind of sad. There's a melancholy to it, and uh, I I don't know. I'm I guess I'm a, a sad music guy. Let's go ahead and give it a listen.
it's almost like, despite the fact that like all the scary stuff is happening in the past, it's almost peaceful and mysterious too as well. Yeah. Because you are sent to this world, you don't know what to expect. Oh, yeah. Especially the first time. You have no clue what's going on. Even by the last one you're going to, honestly, you still never have a full grasp of what all's going on there. Uh, But, uh, Glitch, is there another song you wanted to uh, uh, listen to before we uh, go ahead and... uh, push towards the end here yeah so there's uh there's place of stopped time which is one of them that i wanted to hear so we'll we'll get into that one right now So yeah, that song it's uh very mysterious too. It's a uh, yeah, it's very. So when you when you hear this song in the game, you're actually in temples, and it's almost like, hey, something's about to go down. So yeah, I feel like uh, uh it's occasionally used for uh certain dungeon themes too. Yeah. Like uh like when you're underground in some areas. I I don't think it's a lot of like monster filled dungeons, but a lot of like underground, mysterious places, shrines. Shrines, yeah. You know, uh there's there's you know, it's it's a, a really it, it, I feel like there's you know, there's like the fight you know, the fight theme and the boss themes and stuff which are which are pretty bombastic and heavy. But I feel like a lot of uh Sugiyama's uh uh best work is when it is a little bit more subdued and a little more quiet and a little bit more kind of like uh uh you know like you had said mysterious you know that like sort of uh 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 kind of softer song you know sound to it now i uh, i uh, you know we've talked a lot about the music we've gone through the game we've talked about the ending i uh, and all the things it means to us which is there any last parting thoughts that you have for dragon quest 7 I would say if you haven't played this, I know we had a lot of spoilers into it, but um, that's true. Definitely play this game. I mean, put some, put a little bit of time into it. I, I know the beginning does take a little while to get into. It's like three to four hours before you get into any combat. But once you finish that first world and then you revisit it, mm-hmm. it's 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 joyful and it's yeah. like oh, it kind of just pulls you right in. And if you're not willing to devote the 137 to like 230 <laughs> hours that uh, Glitch and I have done with this game, uh, you could always go ahead and uh, 
uh, you uh, look into the 3DS version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you can still download it off the Nintendo's uh, uh, online service there. Uh, you know, it's it's absolutely worth playing. I feel like the 3DS made changes that I wasn't a big fan of. There's a lot of things in it that I'm like, uh, I'm not really happy they did that. But first time playing, you probably, oh, yeah. And I think it's way more accessible. You know, it's it's a lot easier of a playthrough, you know. So so if you're going to, if if you're intrigued, but you're not, if, well, if you're a little nervous about the, the, the long playtime we've mentioned and how engrossing and like in depth this game is, and you're looking for a little bit of a lighter fare, 3DS version might be able to help you out. So, so make sure to check that out. We we could not recommend it enough. <laughs> I hate to interrupt this fine episode of the Legend of Retro podcast, but we wanted to take just a second to highlight Old School Gamer Magazine, who's going to be helping us out. You can find out more about Old School Gamer Magazine by checking out the link in the description of this episode. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. So this was uh, uh, a game that you brought on for us for the Nintendo 64. Uh-huh. It is Tom and Jerry. Fists of Fury. Fists of Fury. Mm-hmm. It is a Tom and Jerry <laughs> 3D arena fighter. Don't act like you did not enjoy this game either. I just, I just, I can't fathom that it exists. I almost don't believe what I was playing. I almost think that you like hacked something together real quick and like just to, just to like blow my mind. I had no idea a Tom and Jerry game existed for the Nintendo 64. I mean, I, I feel like you'd be hard pressed to find a Nintendo game with Tom and Jerry in it. And it's almost, it's funny too, because so this game was released in November 2000 uh, by Mantle and uh, developed by Vis Entertainment. But, uh, I mean, Tom and Jerry, I feel like Tom and Jerry was already past its prime when we were kids. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to understand what audience this was actually going for. I feel like uh, it's weird because, like, in, in more recent times, you've had, like, Tom and Jerry movies where they it's like Tom and Jerry, like, meet Willy, Willy Wonka. And it's like a retelling of the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But Tom and Jerry are for some reason there. And, like, so there's all these weird cartoon, like, tie-ins with Tom and Jerry to other franchises that they're trying to, like, make money off of in, the like, the direct-to-video market or whatever. But, like, at that time, what would have been around? I just, it blows my mind because the, the game is honestly fairly true to the original series. You have uh, all the classic characters. You have uh, Tom and Jerry. You have uh, Spike and Tyke. You have, uh, uh, what was the, the one cat's name? Uh, uh, Booster? Uh, no, I'm referring to the black cat. Um. Uh, I. It's like Henry or something like that. He has a very, like, you know, pretty mundane name. And uh, and then you have, like, uh, uh, Tuffy, the little, like, baby mouse, and the little, like, duckling chick that, like, you know, <laughs> was, like, in one episode ever. And uh, and it's funny because, like, I, I remember Tom and Jerry really well. I really enjoyed the series. I... Uh, Watching through those cartoons, like it, it, was, it was certainly dated when we were kids, but like you know, watching the reruns on like Cartoon Network and stuff, like I ate it up. I loved Tom and Jerry a ton, 
and it's it's a Nintendo 64 arena brawler. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's not bad. Uh, I I was I was surprised. It's unexpectedly good. Because it's funny cuz I I got this game and I put it in once just to see if it worked. Mm-hmm. And it never whatever went back on the shelf like 90% of the stuff I own because I don't know whatever. It's like collectors <laughs> do. Sure. And uh I when he was like hey bring some relapse games I thought oh well I never really put any time into this. Um, and it's a 3D fighter, and the the environment's interactive. Uh, you have different stages you pick from, uh, which was nice. And you pick up weapons and you throw them at each other. And yeah, uh, the controls were surprisingly uh, pretty good. simplistic. Yeah. yeah, they weren't bad. I uh, I feel like uh, moving around was maybe a little clunky. Yeah. It was a little slow. Yeah, maybe I was just choosing too big of characters. That might have been it too. Uh, but I. Uh, but yeah, you. Uh, uh, what, what's interesting is like the 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 imagery of the game, like the tight from the title screen to the fact that like the levels you select sound like episode names, mm-hmm. uh, and it has that like sort of like fifty style art to it. And I I really appreciated that. I I feel like whoever made this actually, you know, it wasn't just a cash in to them. You know, whoever made this. Yeah, the the level titles were almost like as if they were pulled right from the show. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, uh, really impressive the the uh, the amount of care that went into this, and I, uh, I uh, like I I honestly like I there's a part of me that almost wishes we did a whole episode on Tom and Jerry, I I I fist of fury, fist of furry. Oh, what is fist of furry? I guess it is fist of furry. Yeah, Fist of Furry, and uh, uh, there's a part of me that almost wishes we could do a whole episode on it, just because I really like Tom and Jerry and wouldn't mind talking about them a whole bunch. I, I have a lot of random old cartoon trivia in the back of my head, and uh, I don't get a lot of time and chances to use it. So, uh, but I, but yeah, no, it's it's it was surprise. It had no business being as fun as it was for a Tom and Jerry game on the Nintendo 64. Where would you rate this on the 8-bit scale? I, I would probably give it a uh, a six out of eight. I I'm not a big like arena brawler guy. Uh, I give a lot of credit for the the imagery of the game, though I feel like the they could have totally used the themes from the cartoon, like as the music for the levels and stuff. I I feel like that would have been a, a nice boost in my book. But uh, but all in all, no, it's surprisingly fun. As far as Tom and Jerry fighting games, where does this rank for you? I would say that this is at least the uh, the second best Tom and Jerry fighting game I've ever played. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, what do you give it on the eight bit scale? Uh, I give it a five out of eight, and I saw that there were more options at the beginning of the game that we didn't indulge in. So, I'm thinking that maybe if I got more into it, because it just seemed like what we played was it. Yeah, it seemed pretty simplistic, but there was like one player mode, and uh, I, I guess I guess that's true. Maybe maybe as far as like as simplistic as what we played, maybe a five out of eight is mm-hmm. is a lot more reasonable. I think the 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 fact that I like Tom and Jerry so much <laughs> is just sort of blinding me there. Uh, I'm gonna still stick with my six out of eight though because uh, it's Tom and Jerry. I love them. Uh, but I. Uh, well, not the later cartoons. The later cartoons weren't as good as the old 50s cartoons. The 80s cartoons weren't nearly as good. I Chuck Jones is great, but I mean, he didn't. Anyway, anywho. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, I feel like uh, uh, from what we saw, it was just sort of a, a quick brawler, but there were a bunch of other options. So it would be kind of interesting to, to actually spend a little bit of time and figure out more about the game. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Xander here. Just uh, updating you guys on the NES music bracket. Uh, if you guys have noticed, normally I'm super quiet when I record these. Yep, Uh, because I normally record them super late at night uh, while everybody else in the house is sleeping. 
this morning, I decided to do it during the daytime, uh, and Helen is here with me, enjoying some breakfast. Right, Helen? You you love them eggy boys? You love them eggy boys, Helen? So, this week's uh, matchup is between Bubble Bobble, uh, the main theme, composed by Tadashi Kimijima. Uh-huh. You like Tadashi? What else? What other Tadashi Kimijima works do you like, Helen? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, so we'll check out Bubble Bobble main theme here. Going up against that is Castlevania II, Bloody Tears. This is composed by Kenichi Matsubara. You, you want to do it? You want to read these? Okay. Kenichi Matsubara. Right. Satoi Terashima. Not going to try that one. And Koji Murata. Yeah, Koji Murata. You like him, huh? Or are you just grunting because you're eating them eggy boys? So we'll check out Bloody Tears. does it for this uh this round round three of the nes music bracket 
Uh, we've got two more rounds uh, and then the final, and these are not getting any easier. So uh, remember to jump over to Facebook on the Legend of Retro Facebook page. Uh, check out the polls. We'll actually probably post this one up a little bit early. So by the time you're hearing this, you've probably already voted. Um, but that's just so we can make sure we have everything in on time so we can know uh, who the, the final bracket before the final is going to be between. So uh, thanks again for your support, and we will catch you next time. All right. Well, I think it's about time that we uh, wrap things up here, uh, Glitch. Uh, now, Glitch, we uh, uh, it's not often that I see you playing Tom and Jerry uh, Fists of Furry on your uh, Twitch channel, but... When you're playing other games on your Twitch channel, what is that uh, uh, tag you use? So you can find me at twitch.tv slash theglitch86. Uh, there I'll be doing a lot of glitching and possibly some speedrunning of various games. Awesome, awesome. I know that you recently hit your uh, 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 a bracket of uh, 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 notoriety, so to speak, in the uh, Contra <laughs> speedrunning uh, uh, community uh, recently. So I know that you're kind of branching out and doing some different stuff now. So yes. uh, it sounds fun. That's Saturday mornings, right? Saturday mornings for the most part. Yep, I try to get it every Saturday, but, uh, you know, it's with schedules and everything. It changes, but. Yeah, no, I mean, life happens. We get it. Yep. And then uh, you can go to YouTube and find Craig doing his long plays. Yeah, I do uh, uh, old RPGs. I do all the voices and stuff and play through them. Uh, it is certainly a long play. Like, I record everything and uh, put it up. So uh, if you like my voice and you uh, don't mind me doing weird, goofy voices, uh, then uh, by all means, join me there. Otherwise, if you're looking for uh, more uh, hip and modern you know, so to speak, uh, topics and uh, uh, news coverage. We have GameZilla and the Alpha Show. GameZilla is our uh, news show that uh, airs live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and then releases the next morning. Uh, and then otherwise, the Alpha Show is uh, more in-depth topics and that releases on Sundays. But if you have early access, or if you have Patreon, you can get early access on Thursdays. And if uh, video games aren't your thing, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but you can listen to the Last Action Podcast, which releases every Monday uh, morning. And then after that, you can head over to, on Wednesdays, Noobs and Dragons gets released, which is Craig WK, the DM, showing Chops, uh, Chops, Jazzy, and Grimlock through a campaign and tortures them the entire time. I do. It is most fun. I do enjoy torturing those guys. I love it every single moment. So if you're into Dungeons and Dragons and you would like to hear uh, uh, some of my DMery, so to speak, uh, make sure to go ahead and uh, jump on that. Uh, but uh, otherwise, I uh, I think it's about time we wrap things up here, Glitch. Let's do it. Alright, well, we uh, definitely appreciate you guys uh, uh, getting involved with us. If you want to get more involved, there is always our Discord uh, for GameZilla Media and, of course, the Legend of Retro page on Facebook. Uh, you can check us out on our social media there. Uh, you know, we have a uh, uh, ton of fun posts and stuff we do. And, of course, uh, you know, you can chat with us through that Discord. And Glitch is a part of our Discord as well, of course. So you can uh, uh, reach out to us there. But uh, other than uh, uh, that, we definitely want to thank you for uh, uh, listening to the show. And if you would like to support us, there is always Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, where you get a lot of perks for The Legend of Retro, like our Game Shark show. Game G. Well, Game Shark is the monthly show. Game Genie is the uh, drawing, oh, yes. the the random uh, uh, polls we do where you get to influence the show. So I appreciate you bringing that up too. <laughs> uh, Game Shark is the uh, monthly show that we do, uh, where it's uh, uh, you know if you if you caught the naming scheme, it's all based on cheating devices. Uh, but I. Uh, 
But no, we definitely appreciate you uh, uh, listening in, and uh, we'll see you next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues. continues.